0: Chapter 49 of Commentary on the Book of Genesis This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne. Commentary on the Book of Genesis by Matthew Henry, Chapter 49 This chapter is a prophecy. The likest to it we have yet met with was that of Noah, chapter 9, verses 25, and etc., Jacob is here upon his deathbed, making his will. He put it off till now, because dying men's words are apt to make deep impressions, and to be remembered long. What he said here, he could not say when he would, but as the Spirit gave him utterance, who chose the time that divine strength might be perfected in its weakness. The twelve sons of Jacob were, in their day, men of renown, but the twelve tribes of Israel, which descended and were dominated from then, were much more renowned. We find their names upon the gates of the New Jerusalem. Revelation chapter 21, verse 12. In the prospect of this, their dying father says something remarkable of each son, or of the tribe that bore his name. Here is, Roman 1, the preface, verses 1 and 2. Roman 2, the prediction concerning each tribe, verses 3 to 28. Romans 3, the charge repeated concerning his burial, verses 29 to 32, and Romans 4, his death, verse 33. Jacob's Prophecy Concerning His Sons, B.C. 1689, verses 1 to 4. And Jacob called unto his sons, and said, Gather yourselves together, that I might tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together, and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defiledst thou it. He went up to my couch. Here is Roman 1 the preface to the prophecy in which one the congregation is called together verse two gather yourselves together let them all be sent for from their several employments to see their father die and to hear his dying words it was a comfort to jacob now that he was dying to see all his children about him and none missing though he had sometimes thought himself bereaved it was of use to them to attend him in his last moments that they might learn of him how to die, as well as how to live. What he said to each, he said in the hearing of all the rest. For we may profit by the reproofs, counsels, and comforts that are principally intended for others. His calling upon them once and again to gather together, intimated both a precept to them to unite in love, to keep together, not to mingle with the Egyptians, not to forsake the assembling of themselves together and a prediction that they should not be separated from each other as abraham's sons and isaac's were but should be incorporated and all make one people two a general idea is given of the intended discourse verse one that i may tell you that which shall befall you not your persons but your posterity in the latter days this prediction would be of use to those that came after them for the confirming of their faith and the guiding of their way on their return to Canaan, and their settlement there. We cannot tell our children what shall befall them or their families in this world, but we can tell them from the word of God what will befall them in the last day of all, according as they conduct themselves in this world. 3. Attention is demanded. Verse 2. Hearken to Israel, your father. Let Israel that has prevailed with God prevail with you. Note. Children must diligently hearken to what their godly parents say, particularly when they are dying. Hear, you children, the instruction of a father, which carries with it both authority and affection. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 1. Roman 2. The Prophecy Concerning Reuben. He begins with him, verses 3 and 4, for he was the firstborn, but by committing uncleanness with his father's wife, to the great reproach of the family to which he ought to have been an ornament, he forfeited the prerogatives of the birthright, and his dying father here solemnly degrades him, though he does not disown nor disinherit him. He shall have all the privileges of a son, but not of a firstborn. We have reason to think Reuben had repented of his sin, and it was pardoned, yet it was a necessary piece of justice, in detestation of the villainy, and for warning to others to put this mark of disgrace upon him. Now, according to the method of degrading. 1. Jacob here puts upon him the ornaments of the birthright, verse 3, that he and all his brethren might see what he has forfeited, and, in that, might see the evil of the sin. As the firstborn, he was his father's joy, almost his pride, being the beginning of his strength. How welcome he was to his parents, his name bespokes. Reuben, see, a son. To him belong the excellency of dignity above his brethren, and some power over them. Christ Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren, and to him, of right, belong the most excellent power and dignity. His church also, through him, is a church of firstborn. 2. He then strips him of these ornaments. Verse 4. Lifts him up, that he may cast him down. By that one word, thou shalt not excel a being thou shalt have as a tribe but not an excellency no judge prophet nor prince is found of that tribe nor any person of renown except dathan and Abiram, who were noted for their impious rebellion against moses that tribe as not aiming to excel meanly chose a settlement on the other side of jordan reuben himself seems to have lost all that influence upon his brethren to which his birthright entitled him for when he spake unto them they would not hear chapter forty two verse twenty two those that have not understanding and spirit to support the honours and privileges of their birth will soon lose them and retain only the name of them the character fastened upon reuben for which he is laid under this mark of infamy is that he was unstable as water sub one his virtue was unstable he had not the government of himself and his own appetites Sometimes he would be very regular and orderly, but at other times he deviated to the wildest courses. Note, instability is the ruin of men's excellency. Men do not thrive because they do not fix. Sub two, his honor consequently was unstable. It departed from him, vanished into smoke, and became as water spilt upon the ground. Note, those that throw away their virtue must not expect to save their reputation. Jacob charges him particularly with the sin for which he was thus disgraced. Thou wentest up to thy father's bed. It was forty years ago that he had been guilty of this sin, yet now it is remembered against him. Note. As time will not of itself wear off the guilt of any sin from the conscience, so there are some sins whose stains it will not wipe off from the good name, especially Seventh Commandment sins. Reuben's sin left an indelible mark of infamy upon his family a dishonor that was a wound not to be healed without a scar. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 32 and 33. Let us never do evil, and then we need not fear being told of it. Verses 5 to 7. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly mine honor, be not thou united, for in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. These were next in age to Reuben, and they also had been a grief and shame to Jacob, when they treacherously and barbarously destroyed the Shechemites, which he here remembers against them. Children should be afraid of incurring their parents' just displeasure, lest they fare worse for it long afterwards, and when they would inherit the blessing, be rejected. Observe, 1. The character of Simeon and Levi. They were brethren in disposition, but, unlike their father, they were passionate and revengeful, fierce and uncontrollable. Their swords, which should have been only weapons of defense, were, as the margin reads it, verse 5, weapons of violence, to do wrong to others, not to save themselves from wrong. Note. It is no new thing for the temper of children to differ very much from that of their parents. We need not think this strange. It was so in Jacob's family. It is not in the power of parents, no, not by education, to form the dispositions of their children. Jacob bred his sons to everything that was mild and quiet, and yet they proved to be thus furious. 2 a proof of this is the murder of the shechemites which jacob deeply resented at the time chapter thirty four verse thirty and still continue to resent they slew a man shechem himself and many others and to effect that they digged down a wall broke the houses to plunder them and murder the inhabitants note the best governors cannot always restrain those under their charge from committing the worst villainies and when two in a family are mischievous they commonly make one another so much the worse, and it were wisdom to part them. Simeon and Levi, it is probable, were the most active in the wrong doing to Joseph, to which some think Jacob has here some reference, for in their anger they would have slain that man. Observe what a mischievous thing self-will is in young people. Simeon and Levi would not be advised by their aged and experienced father. No, they would be governed by their own passion rather than by his prudence young people would better consult to their own interests, if they would less indulge in their own will. 3. Jacob's protestation against this barbarous act of theirs, O oh my soul, come not thou into their secret. Hereby he professes not only his abhorrence of such practices in general, but his innocence particularly in that matter. Perhaps he had been suspected as, underhand, aiding and abetting, he therefore thus solemnly expresses his detestation of the fact that he might not die under that suspicion. Note, our soul is our honor. By its powers and faculties we are distinguished from and dignified above the beasts that perish. Note further, We ought, from our hearts, to detest and abhor all society and confederacy with bloody and mischievous men. We must not be ambitious of coming into their secret or knowing the depths of Satan. Four, his abhorrence of those brutish lusts that led them to their wickedness, cursed be their anger. He does not curse their persons, but their lusts. Note sub one, anger is the cause and origin of a great deal of sin and exposes us to the curse of God and His judgment. Matthew chapter five verse twenty two. Sub two, we ought always, in the expressions of our zeal, carefully to distinguish between the sinner and the sin so as not to love nor bless the sin for the sake of the person, nor to hate nor curse the person for the sake of the sin. 5. A token of displeasure which he foretells their posterity should lie under for this. I will divide them. The Levites were scattered throughout all the tribes, and Simeon's lot lay not together, and was so strait that many of the tribe were forced to disperse themselves in quest of settlements and subsistence. This curse was afterwards turned into a blessing to the Levites, but the Simeonites, for Zimri's sin, Numbers chapter 25 verse 14, had it bound on. Note, shameful dispersions are the just punishment of sinful unions and confederacies. Verses 8 to 12. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion, and as an old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Binding his foal unto the vine and his asses cold unto the choice vine, he washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine, and his teeth white with milk. Glorious things are here said of Judah. The mention of the crimes of the three elder of his sons had not so put the dying patriarch out of humour, but that he had a blessing ready for Judah to whom blessings belonged. Judah's name signifies praise, in allusion to which he says, Thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise, verse 8. God was praised for him, chapter 29, verse 35. Praised by him, and praised in him, and therefore his brethren shall praise him. Note, these that are to God for a praise shall be the praise of their brethren. It is prophesied that, one, the tribe of Judah should be victorious and successful in war thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies this was fulfilled in david psalm eighteen verse forty two it should be superior to the rest of the tribes not only in itself more numerous and illustrious but having a dominion over them thy father's children shall bow down before thee judah was the lawgiver, psalm sixty verse seven the tribe led the van through the wilderness and in the conquest of canaan judges chapter one verse two the prerogatives of the birthright which Reuben had forfeited, the excellency of dignity and power, were thus conferred upon Judah. Observe. Thy brethren shall bow down before thee, and yet shall praise thee, reckoning themselves happy in having so wise and bold a commander. Note. Honor and power are then a blessing to those that have them when they are not grudged and envied, but praised and applauded, and cheerfully submitted to. Verse 3 it should be a strong and courageous tribe and so qualified for command and conquest judah is a lion's whelp verse nine the lion is the king of beasts the terror of the forest when he roars when he seizes his prey none can resist him when he goes up from the prey none dare pursue him to revenge it by this it is foretold that the tribe of judah shall become very formidable and should not only obtain great victories but should peaceably and quietly enjoy what was obtained by those victories that they should make war, not for the sake of war, but for the sake of peace. Judah is compared, not to a lion rampant, always tearing, always raging, always ranging, but to a lion couchant, enjoying the satisfaction of his power and success, without creating vexation to others. This is to be truly great. 4. It should be the royal tribe, and the tribe from which Messiah, the prince, should come. The scepter shall not depart from Judah till Shiloh come, verse 10. Jacob here foresees and foretells, sub one, that the scepter should come into the tribe of Judah, which was fulfilled in David, on whose family the crown was entailed, sub two, that Shiloh should be of this tribe, his seed, that promised seed, in whom the earth should be blessed, that peaceable and prosperous one, the Savior, so others translate it, he shall come from Judah thus dying jacob at a great distance saw christ's day and it was his comfort and support on his deathbed. sub three that after the coming of the sceptre into the tribe of judah it should continue in that tribe at least a government of their own till the coming of the messiah in whom as the king of the church and the great high priest it was fit that both the priesthood and the royalty should determine till the captivity all along from david's time the sceptre was in judah and subsequently the governors of judea were of that tribe or of the levites that adhered to it which was equivalent till judah became a province of the roman empire just at the time of our saviour's birth and was at that time taxed as one of the provinces luke chapter two verse one and at the time of his death the jews expressly owned we have no king but caesar hence it is undeniably inferred against the jews that our lord jesus is he that should come and that we are to look for no other, for he came exactly at the time appointed. Many excellent pens have been admirable well-employed in explaining and illustrating this famous prophecy of Christ. 5. It should be a very fruitful tribe, especially that it should abound with milk for babies, and wine to make glad the heart of strong men. Verses 11 and 12. A vines so common in the hedgerow and so strong that they should tie their asses to them and so fruitful that they should load their asses with them wine as plentiful as water so that the men of that tribe should be very healthful and lively their eyes brisk and sparkling their teeth white much of what is here said concerning Judah is to be applied to our lord jesus sub one he is the ruler of all his father's children and the conqueror of all his father's enemies and he it is that is the praise of all the saints sub two he is the lion of the tribe of judah as he is called with reference to this prophecy revelation chapter 5 verse 5 who having spoiled principalities and powers went up a conqueror and couched so as none can stir him up when he sat down at the right hand of the father sub 3 to him belong the scepter he is the lawgiver and to him shall the gathering of the people be as the desire of all nations haggai chapter 2 verse 7 who being lifted up from the earth, should draw all men unto him, John chapter twelve, verse thirty two and in whom the children of God that are scattered abroad should meet as the centre of their unity, John chapter eleven verse fifty two sub four in him, there is plenty of all which is nourishing and refreshing to the soul and which maintains and cheers the divine life in it in him we may have wine and milk, the riches of Judah's tribe without money and without price isaiah chapter fifty five verse one verses thirteen to twenty one zebulun shall dwell at the haven of the sea and he shall be a haven of ships and his border shall be unto Zidon. issachar is a strong ass couching down between two burdens and he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute. Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, an adder in the path that biteth the horse's heels, so that his rider shall fall backward. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Gad, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at the last. Out of Asher his bread shall be fat, and he shall yield royal dainties. Nephtali is a hind let loose he giveth goodly words here we have jacob's prophecy concerning six of his sons roman one concerning zebulun verse thirteen that his posterity should have their lot upon the sea coast and should be merchants and mariners and traders at sea this was fulfilled when two or three hundred years later the land of canaan was divided by lot and the border of Zebulun went up towards the sea, Joshua chapter 19 verse 11. Had they chosen their lot themselves, or Joshua appointed it, we might have supposed it done with design to make Jacob's words good, but, being done by lot, it appears that it was divinely disposed, and Jacob divinely inspired. Note. The lot of God's providence exactly agrees with the plan of God's counsel, like a true copy with the original. If prophecy says, Zebulun shall be a haven of ships, providence will so plant him. Note. 1. God appoints the bounds of our habitation. 2. It is our wisdom and duty to accommodate ourselves to our lot and to improve it. If Zebulun dwell at the haven of the sea, let him be for a haven of ships. Roman 2. Concerning Issachar, verses 14 and 15. 1 that the men of that tribe should be strong and industrious, fit for labor and inclined to labor, particularly the toil of husbandry, like the ass that patiently carries his burden, and, by using himself to it, makes it the easier. Issachar submitted to two burdens, tillage and tribute. It was a tribe that took pains, and, thriving thereby, was called upon for rents and taxes. 2 that they should be encouraged in their labor by the goodness of the land that should fall to their lot sub one he saw that rest at home was good note the labor of the husbandman is really rest in comparison with that of soldiers and seamen whose hurries and perils are such that those who tarry at home in the most constant service have no reason to envy them sub two he saw that the land was pleasant yielding not only pleasant prospects to charm the eye of the curious but pleasant fruits to recompense his toils. Many are the pleasures of a country life, abundantly sufficient to balance the inconveniences of it, if we can but persuade ourselves to think so. Issachar, in prospect of advantage, bowed his shoulders to bear. Let us, with an eye of faith, see the heavenly rest to be good, and the land of promise to be pleasant, and this will make our present service easy, and encourage us to bow our shoulder to them roman three concerning dan verses sixteen and seventeen what is said concerning dan has reference either one to that tribe in general that though dan was one of the sons of the concubines yet he should be a tribe governed by judges of his own as well as other tribes and should by art and policy and surprise gain advantages against his enemies like a serpent suddenly biting the heel of the traveller in God's spiritual Israel, there is no distinction made of bond or free, Colossians chapter 3, verse 11. Dan shall be incorporated by as good a charter as any of the other tribes. Note also, some, like Dan, may excel in the subtlety of the serpent, as others, like Judah, in the courage of the lion, and both may do good service to the cause of God against the Canaanites. Or it may refer, too, to Samson, who was of that tribe and judged Israel, that is, delivered them out of the hands of the Philistines, not as the other judges, by fighting them in the field, but by the vexations and annoyances he gave them underhand, when he pulled the house down under the Philistines that were upon the roof of it, he made the horse throw its rider. Thus was Jacob going on with his discourse. But now, being almost spent with speaking, and ready to faint and die away, he relieves himself with those words which come in as a parenthesis. Verse 18. I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. As those that are fainting are helped by taking a spoonful of cordial, or smelling at a bottle of spirits, or if he must break off here, and his breath will not serve him to finish what he intended, with those words he pours out his soul into the bosom of his God, and even breathes it out. Note, the pious ejaculations of a warm and lively devotion, though sometimes they may be incoherent, are not therefore to be censured as impertinent. That may be uttered affectionately, which does not come in methodically. It is no absurdity when we are speaking to men to lift up our hearts to God. The salvation he waited for was Christ, the promised seed whom he had spoken of. Verse 10. Now that he was going to be gathered to his people, he breathed after him to whom the gathering of the people shall be. The salvation he waited for was also heaven, the better country, which he declared plainly that he sought, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 and 14, and continued seeking now that he was in Egypt. Now that he is going to enjoy the salvation, he comforts himself with this, that he had waited for the salvation. Note, it is the character of a living saint that he waits for the salvation of the Lord. Christ, as our way to heaven, is to be waited on, and heaven, as our rest in Christ, is to be waited for. Again, it is the comfort of a dying saint thus to have waited for the salvation of the Lord, and then he shall have that for which he has been waiting for. The long-looked-for will come. Roman 4. Concerning Gad, verse 19. He alludes to his name, which signifies a troop, foresees the character of that tribe, that it should be a warlike tribe, and so we find First Chronicles chapter twelve verse eight, the Gadites were men of war, fit for the battle. He foresees that the situation of that tribe on the other side Jordan would expose it to the incursions of its neighbors, the Moabites and the Ammonites, and that they might not be proud of their strength and valour he foretells that the troops of their enemies should in many skirmishes overcome them yet that they might not be discouraged by their defeats he assures them that they should overcome at the last which was fulfilled when in Saul's time and David's the Moabites and Ammonites were wholly subdued see first chronicles chapter 5 verse 18 etc note the cause of god and his people Though it may seem for a time to be baffled and run down, will yet be victorious at last. Vincimur in Im prelio, sed non in bello. We are foiled in battle, but not in campaign. Grace in the soul is often foiled in its conflicts. Troops of corruption overcome it, but the cause is God's, and grace will in the issue come off conqueror. Yea, more than conqueror. Romans chapter eight verse thirty-seven. Romans five concerning asher verse twenty that it should be a very rich tribe replenished not only with bread for necessity but with fatness with dainties royal dainties for the king itself is served of the field ecclesiastes chapter five verse nine and these exported out of asher to other tribes perhaps to other lands note the god of nature has provided for us not only necessaries but dainties that we might call him a bountiful benefactor yet Whereas all places are competently furnished with necessities, only some places afford dainties. Corn is more common than spices. Were the supports of luxury as universal as the supports of life, the world would be worse than it is, and that it needs not be. Romans 6. Concerning Naphtali, verse 21. A tribe that carries struggles in its name, it signifies wrestling, and the blessing entailed upon it signifies prevailing it is a hind let loose. Though we find not this prediction so fully answered in the event as some of the rest, yet no doubt it proved true that those of this tribe were, one, as the loving hind, for that is her epithet, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 19, friendly and obliging to one another and to other tribes, their converse remarkably kind and endearing, two, as the loosened hind, zealous for their liberty, 3. As the swift hind, Psalm 18, verse 33, quick in dispatch of business, and perhaps 4. As the trembling, timorous in times of public danger. It is rare that those that are most amiable to their friends are most formidable to their enemies. 5. That they should be affable and courteous, their language refined, and they complacent, giving goodly words. Note. Among God's Israel there is to be found a great variety of dispositions contrary to each other, yet all contributing to the beauty and strength of the body. Judah like a lion, Issachar like an ass, Dan like a serpent, Naphtali like a hind. Let not those of different tempers and gifts censure one another, nor envy one another, any more than those of different statures and complexions. Verses 22 to 27 Joseph is a fruitful bough, even a fruitful bough by a well, whose branches run over the wall. The archers have sorely grieved him, and shot at him, and hated him. But his bough abode in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Even by the God of thy father, whom shall help thee, and by the Almighty, who shall bless thee with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lieth under, blessings of the beasts and of the womb. The blessings of thy father have prevailed against the blessing of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph, and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Benjamin shall raven as a wolf. In the morning he shall devour the prey, and at night he shall divide the spoil. He closes with the blessings of his most beloved sons, Joseph and Benjamin. With these he will breathe his last. Roman 1. The blessing of Joseph, which is very large and full. He is compared, verse 22, to a fruitful bough or a young tree, for God had made him fruitful in the land of his affliction. He owned it. Chapter 41, verse 52. His two sons were as branches of a vine or other spreading plant running over the wall. Note. God can make those fruitful, great comforts to themselves and others, who have been looked upon as dry and withered. More is recorded in the history concerning Joseph than concerning any other of Jacob's sons, and therefore what Jacob says of him is historical as well as prophetical. Observe. 1. The providences of God concerning Joseph. Verses 23 and 24. These are mentioned to the glory of God, and for the encouragement of Jacob's faith and hope, that god had blessings in store for his seed here observe sub one joseph's straits and troubles verse twenty three though he now lived at ease and in honour jacob reminds him of the difficulties he had formerly waded through he had had many enemies here called archers being skilful to do mischief masters of their art of persecution they hated him their persecution begins they shot their poisonous darts at him and thus they sorely grieved him his brethren in his father's house were very spiteful towards him mocked him stripped him threatened him sold him thought they had been the death of him his mistress in the house of potiphar sorely grieved him and shot at him when she impudently assaulted his chastity temptations are fiery darts thorns in the flesh sorely grievous to gracious souls when she prevailed not in this she hated him and shot at him by her false accusations arrows against which there is little fence but the hold god has in the conscience of the worst of men doubtless he had enemies in the court of pharaoh that envied his preferment and sought to undermine him sub two joseph's strength and support under all these troubles verse twenty four his bow abode in strength that is his faith did not fail but he kept his ground and came off a conqueror the arms of his hands were made strong that is his other graces did their part his wisdom courage and patience which are better than weapons of war in short he maintained both his integrity and his comfort through all his trials he bore all his burdens with an invincible resolution and did not sink under them nor do anything unbecoming him sub three the spring and fountain of his strength it was by the hands of the mighty god who was therefore able to strengthen him and the god of jacob a god in covenant with him and therefore engaged to help him all our strength for the resisting of temptations and the bearing of afflictions comes from god his grace is sufficient and his strength is perfected in our weakness sub four the state of honor and usefulness to which he was subsequently advanced thence from this strange method of providence he became the shepherd and stone the feeder and supporter of god's israel jacob and his family Herein Joseph was a type, pren one, of Christ. He was shot at and hated, but borne up under his sufferings, Isaiah chapter 50, verses 7 to 9, and was afterwards advanced to be the shepherd and stone. Pren two, of the church in general, and particular believers. Hell shoots its arrows against the saints, but heaven protects and strengthens them, and will crown them. 2. The promises of God to Joseph. See how these are connected with the former, even by the God of thy father Jacob, who shall help thee, verse 25. Note, our experiences of God's power and goodness in strengthening us hitherto are our encouragements still to hope for help from him. He that has helped us will help. We may build much upon Ebenezer's. See what Joseph may expect from the Almighty, even the God of his father. Sub 1. He shall help thee in difficulties and dangers which may yet be before thee. Help thy seed in their wars. Joshua came from him, who commanded in chief the wars of Canaan. Sub two, he shall bless thee, and he only blesses indeed. Jacob prays for a blessing upon Joseph, but the God of Jacob commands the blessing. Observe the blessings conferred upon Joseph. Pren one, various and abundant blessings, blessings of heaven above rain in its season and fair weather in its season and the benign influences of the heavenly bodies blessings of the deep that lieth under this earth which compared with the upper world is but a great deep with subterraneous mines and springs spiritual blessings are blessings of heaven above which we ought to desire and seek for in the first place and to which we must give the preference while temporal blessings those of this earth must lie under in our account and esteem Blessings of the womb and the breasts are given when children are safely born and comfortably nursed. In the Word of God, by which we are born again and nourished up, First Peter chapter one verse twenty-three and chapter two verse two, there are to be new man blessings of both the womb and the breasts. Parent two, eminent and transcendent blessings which prevail above the blessings of my progenitors. Verse twenty-six his father isaac had but one blessing and when he had given that to jacob he was at a loss for a blessing to bestow upon esau but jacob had a blessing for each of his twelve sons and now at the latter end a copious one for joseph the great blessing entailed upon that family was increase which did not so immediately and so signally follow the blessings which abraham and isaac gave to their sons as it followed the blessing which jacob gave to his for soon after his death they multiplied exceedingly paren three durable and extensive blessings unto the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills including all the productions of the most fruitful hills and lasting as long as they last isaiah chapter fifty four verse ten note the blessings of the everlasting god include the riches of the everlasting hills and much more well of these blessings it is here said they shall be so it is a promise, or, let them be, so it is a prayer, on the head of Joseph, to which, let them be as a crown to adorn it, and a helmet to protect it. Joseph was separated from his brethren, so we read it, for a time, yet as others read it, he was a Nazarite among his brethren, better and more excellent than they. Note, it is no new thing for the best men to meet with the worst usage for Nazarites among their brethren to be cast out and separated from their brethren. But the blessing of God will make it up to them. Roman 2. The blessing of Benjamin. Verse 27. He shall raven as a wolf. It is plain by this that Jacob was guided in what he said by a spirit of prophecy and not by natural affection. Else he would have spoken with more tenderness of his beloved son Benjamin, concerning whom he only foresees and foretells this, that his posterity should be a warlike tribe, strong and daring, and that they should enrich themselves with the spoils of their enemies, that they should be active and busy in the world, and a tribe as much feared by their neighbors as any other. In the morning he shall devour the prey, which he seized and divided overnight, or, in the first times of Israel, they shall be noted for activity, though many of them be left-handed. Judges chapter 3 verse 15 and chapter 20 verse 16. Ahad, the second judge and saul the first king were of this tribe and also in the last times esther and mordecai by whom the enemies of the jews were destroyed were of this tribe the benjanites ravened like wolves when they desperately espoused the cause of the men of gibeah those men of bilal judges chapter twenty verse fourteen blessed paul was of this tribe romans chapter eleven verse one philippians chapter three verse five and he did in the morning of his day devour the prey as a persecutor, but in the evening divided the spoil as a preacher. Note, God can serve his own purposes by the different tempers of men. The deceived and the deceiver are his death of Jacob b c sixteen eighty nine verses twenty eight to thirty three. All these are the twelve tribes of Israel. And this it is that their father spake unto them, and blessed them, every one according to his blessing he blessed them. And he charged them, and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field of Ephron the Hittite, in the cave that is in the field of Machpala, which is before Mamre, in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron the Hittite for possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah his wife, there they buried Isaac and Rebekah his wife, and there I buried Leah. The purchase of the field and of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob made an end commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet into bed, and yielded up the ghost, and was gathered unto his people. Here is, Roman 1, the summing up of the blessings of Jacob's sons, verse 28 though reuben simeon and levi were put under the marks of their father's displeasure yet he is said to bless them every one according to his blessing for none of them were rejected as esau was note whatever rebukes of god's word or providence we are under at any time yet as long as we have an interest in god's covenant a place and a name among his people and good hopes of a share in the heavenly canaan we must account ourselves blessed Two the solemn charge Jacob gave them concerning his burial, which is a repetition of what he had before given to Joseph. See how he speaks of death, now that he is dying. I am to be gathered unto my people. Verse 29. Note, it is good to represent death to ourselves under the most desirable images, that the terror may be taken off of it. Though it separates us from our children and our people in this world, it gathers us to our fathers and to our people in the other world, perhaps jacob uses his expression concerning death as a reason why his son should bury him in canaan for he says i am to be gathered unto my people my soul must go to the spirits of just men made perfect and therefore bury me with my fathers abraham and isaac and their wives verse thirty one observe one his heart was very much upon it not so much from a natural affection to his native soil as from a principle of faith in the promise of god that canaan should be the inheritance of his seed in due time thus he would keep up in his sons a remembrance of the promised land and not only would have their acquaintance with it renewed by a journey thither on that occasion but their desire towards it and their expectation of it preserved two he is very particular in describing the place both by the situation of it and by the purchase abraham had made of it for a burying place verses thirty and thirty two he was afraid lest his sons, after seventeen years sojourning in Egypt, have forgotten Canaan, and even the burying place of their ancestors there, or lest the Canaanites should dispute his title to it, and therefore he specifies it thus largely, and the purchase of it, even when he is a-dying, not only to prevent mistakes, but to show how mindful he was of that country. Note. It is, and should be, a great pleasure to dying saints to fix their thoughts upon the heavenly Canaan and the rest they hope for there after death. Roman 3, the death of Jacob, verse 33. When he had finished both his blessing and his charge, both of which are included in the commanding to his sons, and so had finished his testimony, he addressed himself to his dying work. 1. He put himself in a posture for dying, having before seated himself upon the bedside to bless his sons, the spirit of prophecy bringing fresh oil to his expiring lamp, daniel chapter ten verse nineteen when that work was done he gathered up his feet into bed that he might lie along not only as one patiently submitting to the stroke but as one cheerfully composing himself to rest now that he was weary i will lay me down and sleep two he freely resigned his spirit into the hand of god the father of spirits he yielded up the ghost his separated soul went to the assembly of the souls of the faithful which after they are delivered from the burden of the flesh, are in joy and felicity. He was gathered to his people. Note, if God's people be our people, death will gather us to them. End of chapter 49